It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You don't have to like it. You certainly don't have to love it, but you have to recognize the Chiefs are 5-1. and one. Winning ugly is still winning. Welcome to Locked On Chiefs Live. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. We are live post-game of the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Denver Broncos for the uh, 87th time running. And Matt Derrick is here live from the stadium. Our man from ChiefsDigest.com. We're going to get to all of the takeaways about this game coming up here. We thank you for making us your first listen post-game. If it isn't, then go check out another Locked On show for your next listen because we're free for you every day of the week, five, six, seven, 20 times a week on every platform, including YouTube, where you can like, sub, and hit the bell right here. Spotify, Apple, the whole nine yards. We are everywhere. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting. NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football with my partner, Chris Clark from ChiefsCorner.com and our very special guest. You see him every post game. It is Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. Matt, this was uh, this was a fun game for me because there was a shutout in sight, but uh, maybe everybody else is a little bit concerned. Overall, wins a win's a win. Where do you come out on this one? Yeah, a win is a win is a win, but not all wins are created equal. And this was an ugly <laughs> one. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, offensively, the way the Broncos have played this year, and especially coming in on a short week on the road, you really, you know, felt like that this was an opportunity for this offense to to get well, get some things established, and maybe work some kinks out. And, and we really didn't see that. Um, if anything, I think we saw some new kinks. Um, third down had been a bit of some problems at times this year, but it was really a problem tonight, especially in the first half and especially in the red zone. Um, Andy Reid will tell you that probably too cute in more than one occasion. Um, there were some there were some game plan issues, I think, overall. Um, and, and I don't know if they a lot of adjustments in the second half. You know, especially I think the Broncos actually probably outdid them uh, adjustments in the second half and kept it as close as they did. Um, not a pretty effort. Give it to the defense. They get the job done again, which is why this team is continuing to to look pretty good. But this offense has to work out some of its problems. I completely agree with that. They went two for five on third and short, uh, over one on third and medium, and two for seven on third and long. Uh, That is not going to get it done. Um, you look at the third down plays and, you know, and even really the fake field goal, I, I like that they went for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. Obviously I didn't like the play call. I actually like the third down call with Tony. Uh, problem is execution. Tony shouldn't have kept the ball. If he doesn't keep the ball and he hands it to Pacheco, it's an easy first down there. I know some people don't like it, but I get it. It was a first down. The play call was there. Uh, you know, you look at other plays in this game. I think there's other issues that you could you could talk about the the trick play that they tried to throw the ball with 
Tony down the field into double coverage on what was it to McKinnon? Uh, I mean, you know, it's a great, it looks great at times if you can complete it, but throwing in double coverage in that scenario was not a good situation. That's Matt, should I take this I one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you in the press box a, a comment that came up that, that I that I did not get to say because somebody beat me to it. Um, but have the Chiefs ever had let anybody throw the ball other than Mahomes or Alex Smith and had it go well? Because if it's Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or I mean anything, I mean that oh. was a, an outrageous success with Tony at least throwing an incompletion, but um, that 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 play call can probably be jetted to the moon. Okay, Terry so Poe had success. Sorry, just okay. throwing that out there. One time against All the Broncos, right. even. But yeah, there is that propensity, and then that brings me to something that I, I'll ask you about here in a minute. But um, unless I missed a memo, Matt uh, Kadarius Tony is still listed as a wide receiver. Is that correct? Uh, he, technically, he is Ryan. Yes. Okay. But, okay. So a lot of Wildcat tonight, didn't he? Yeah, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I mean, Gray's a tight end too, but you know, <laughs> there is that. Um, speaking of no I, Gray with maybe the best reception on a pitch that I've seen in uh, three seasons. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? You, hey, everybody on that team offense knows you're going to keep your head on the swivel when when Travis gets the ball in open space because you never know it might be coming. It sure looked like you wanted to pitch at the second catch too. Oh, I think Travis wants to probably pitch it most of the time. I mean, that's, I think, his, his first thought. I mean, I, he does it all the time in practice. And I mean, it's just, it's a default Travis move. I mean, he's, he, he's a, he, he's, he plays back, back, you know, backyard football. That's a backyard football play. That is for sure. What that did was it was actually get the ball moving. It was a very slow first half in terms of putting points up. Um, first downs, I'd have to go back and check the first half for the, the second. But on the night, it, this was not the uh, the atomic offense that we had been hoping for. Now, I, I chalked that up to a little bit. It felt like uh, it was not pedaled in the metal here um, from the play call standpoint, certainly from the offensive players standpoint, unlike their defensive counterparts. We're going to talk about them later uh, as well as, as what the, the trend is here. But Matt, uh, for me, it, it comes down to this felt like a game that, the staff felt like they were comfortable and they had room to experiment on the offensive side and they weren't too terribly concerned about maybe not scoring 20 points and still being able to do exactly what they did and get away with a win at that point. I think that's a dangerous mentality to have. I'm still missing that we put up 30 because we're Kansas City and we stepped on a ball field. That's what I feel it has to be. And is this something that is going to bite them eventually? I mean, it, it absolutely could. I mean, we, and now, granted, we're grading this offense on a curve. We're basing it on the last five seasons and what we've seen this quarterback and this offense do. And right now, it's achieving below average. Now, there's a lot of teams in the NFL who would kill this team. I mean, they did put up 389 yards tonight. Um, their quarterback goes over 300. Um, you know, I mean, they, their tight end goes over for 100 yards. And, you know, but there was a lot of things to like that a lot of teams would like. This team isn't used to this. It's used to putting up 30 points a game. It's used to putting up 400 or close to 500 yards a game. I mean, it, it's just not operating at peak efficiency. And tonight was, I think, really schizophrenic, you know, game plan approach. Because, you know, on third and shorts, we saw a lot of creativity, maybe too much creativity going forward on the fourth down. I mean, not a bad play um, if it's fourth and one rather than fourth and a long two. 
and yep. maybe not having your punter pushing your tight end and you know forward and the push the push tush but there were just some really weird you know choices with the aggressive play call but then the rest of the time by and large this was a game plan that was designed to just take what was there and and i think mahomes did that except for the one throw that i think he got a little greedy on and tried to force it you know it, um, he had his, I mean, his leg was up a Broncos defender. I mean, that's a good time to just throw the ball away, chuck it, live another down. Instead, he tries to force a play into the end zone, turns it over, and it's some, some points. Um, you know, they, the, the, the play calls cost him, I think, some points, clearly. I mean, they left at least six to ten points on the field easily tonight. And those two plays go maybe a different way. Maybe you feel differently about this team. And maybe we, you know, if we're talking about a – 39 to when I mean it's a totally different or 29 to 8 when we're totally different conversation. But right now this team is a couple of plays a game away from what they want to be. And I, I think Andy Reid will absolutely tell you that. Well, and I think it's when you look at this team and you look at how they're playing on offense, they need to get it figured out. Uh there's gonna be a lot of questions about the trade deadline, which is coming up at the end of the month. Uh Justin Watson went out with an injury, an elbow injury. We'll talk about that when we get back here in just a moment. But I want to tell you about our friends over at Jace Case or Jace Medical and the Jace Case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, right before we went to break, mentioned that Justin Watson, Watson got hurt. Matt, was there a big update during the, you know, that you heard from Andy Reid afterwards? That was the only one. Um, he did say that with the elbow, and it was it was his left elbow. Um, it, it wasn't fractured. Uh, I'm sure he'll get some more testing, probably MRI tomorrow to see how it is. But uh, at least the first results were positive. But I can say from looking at Justin and watching him in the locker room, um, wasn't a lot of movement with that left elbow, and he looked like he was in still a lot of pain. Yeah, it looked like that's, he was that's... in a ton of pain on the field. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, he's been a bright spot in this point. I believe that was his only target on the evening as well. It was. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to play that that out as it comes. But they do have a, quite a solid group. They they have a lot of receivers. Uh, there's the fight now. I think to try to to catch up and be that that second punch to Travis Kelsey uh, tonight. Uh, it was Kadarius Tony with six targets. Uh, along with Isaiah Pacheco, who went six for six, kudos to him. 
and they're playing second fiddle to the, the always present Travis Kelsey. But I, unfortunately, I think that if your running backs are your second options, something has gone drastically wrong with this offense, Matt. And was that, again, part of the gameplay that, about this opponent on this evening? Or is this still, we're not drawing up enough for Sky Moore and we're not trying to do enough for Rishi Rice, who I thought actually looked vastly improved and a little bit more explosive tonight? Yeah, and, uh, and I think that if any receiver tonight, I think, made the case for targets and more work, I mean, I think it was Rasheed Rice. Yeah, absolutely. Four catches, 72 yards. Uh, it's a new career high for yardage for him. And probably have had maybe close to 100 and a touchdown because he was just, as, as Patrick Mahomes said, getting his knees up away from, from shaking that one last tackler and getting that ball in the end zone. Um, that, and that's I, I kind of thought he was going to. I mean, that's what was going through my mind watching him on that particular play and, and running down the field was, okay, you know what Veach said, this guy's a running back with the ball in his hands out in the field, I mean, open field, and then he let somebody get him down from behind. You can't do that as a running back. So, uh, hey, it's a rookie move. But I tell you what, I mean, and this is coming from me, who I am very skeptical about all first-year players in Andy Reid offense, and especially rookies, because I just know how difficult it is and that you have to be a special talent to be a big receiver and playmaker in year one. And tell you what, right now, Rasheed Rice is on the brink. I mean, I, it's not quite Tyrell season, but you know what? His numbers right now, I mean, if he just has a little steady progression with what he is, he could challenge what Tyreek did as a rookie. Maybe even tie that. And especially because the Chiefs need somebody to step up. And right now, I mean, of everybody that we've seen, I would bet on on Rice being the guy. And I think that the Chiefs might just have to force feed him a little bit and maybe mature him up a little bit you know, right now and help him a little faster than expected because they need somebody. Yeah, Rice looked exceptional when he caught the ball. Getting downfield is something that he completely is continuing to excel at. And that's exactly what you need from him is to continue to go and do that. Uh, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Rice. Right now, he's actually on pace to beat Tyreek Hill by about 100 yards receiving uh, in the rookie year. So I would expect he's probably going to get that. I think he's going to continue to get more targets. Uh, the way he runs, it's just, you know, he gets north and south very quickly. Uh, and I and I he continues to learn. That's the thing that impresses me the most about him. He continues to learn week in, week out. And the one thing I hope that he takes away from tonight is you got to keep that ball up tight because he about lost it near the goal line. Uh, and that would have, you know, it wouldn't have kept them, probably wouldn't have kept them from winning the game, obviously. But uh, big fumble there if, if it would have happened. But he's playing exceptional. It's great to see. Well, I mean, and I think you're seeing a progression with him. And certainly now we've seen two back-to-back -back games without there being, okay, there was a little bit of ball control issue there, but we didn't need to drop again today. That's encouraging. I mean, seeing some consistency from Rashid is a big deal. So that gives me some encouragement. And, and like I said, until somebody else steps up, until we see someone carve out a role and say, hey, wait a minute, this is my job. This is, the ball needs to come to me. I'm going to be getting open. And and especially as Chiefs continue to see so much zone. I mean, that's the one thing that if teams are just going to continue to take away the deep ball and for the Chiefs to dink and dunk and down the field, they're going to have to have some guys that can beat zone and, so, and not just Travis Kelsey. Speaking of, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, but Travis Kelsey dominates the Broncos. It's, it's kind of a, a year-in deal. 
to go from questionable, like, ah, we hope he's going to play. We're not 100% sure. Maybe they should give him the night off to a perfect nine for nine for 124. The, the only thing you keep in question is not getting in the end zone. Matt, this is, I think, unfortunately, putting so much pressure on him that if they had given him the time off tonight, do you think that this would have been a potential loss? Do you think it would have gotten to that point? Or is he just the catalyst that everyone else has to follow constantly? Well, I mean, you, you you have to probably wonder. I mean, there were a couple of those first half scoring drives that were all pretty much Travis Kelsey. And if he was there, who was going to get open? At one stretch, there was just simply that was the case. It was like you were just you were seeing it that if Travis wasn't getting the ball, who was? Um, and, and the Chiefs were giving the ball a lot to Isaiah Pacheco, and that's the one kind of sneaky, maybe you know, disappointment tonight is that the Broncos have been so bad against the run, and Chiefs really didn't get anything done. I mean, you know, you know, Pacheco had a couple of nice little runs, but I think he averaged less than four yards a carry tonight. I mean, I, I think you wanted to see a lot more productivity from the run game than you saw this evening, and sure, the Broncos gave us a push, and once again, it's Thursday night, so there's the usual discount, but. The only, the only, I mean, even hesitance that I can see with you know Travis's night is that it was just so first half heavy. And now, granted, the Broncos made a lot of adjustments to double team him in the second half and make sure that he did not beat them. Uh, it was too late at that point. The cows were already out of the barn. Um, so, but once again, I mean, the Chiefs had an opportunity to probably some points in the second half if someone else, rather than Travis Kelsey, has a big night. She had a little bit of an effort there, but. Patrick needs some help. I mean, you know, I, I say 30 of 40 for 306 is kind of a rough night, but once again, it wasn't it wasn't the Christmas that you usually expect from Patrick Mahomes. It's I interesting because true. I was just gonna say Travis Kelsey only had one target on third down the entire night. Like you talk about not being able to throw to anybody else, not being able to find anybody else open, but for Travis to only have one third down target the entire night, I think that was something I did not expect when I started looking at third downs. And you're right, Pacheco only ran for 16 attempts for 62 yards for just under four yards to carry against a, deep, a Denver Broncos defense that I expected him to have a big game against. So uh, this offense continues to sputter, and they're going to have to figure it out soon. They certainly are. Um, and that, like, pedestrian 300 yards, it's, it's kind of a number that always stands out to me. Uh it's difficult to do. The defense certainly didn't let that happen. We're going to talk about them coming up. But first, if you were going to use those 300 yards as your vantage point, you might want to get in the action over a prize picks because they're the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest way to play DFS, and you can get into it. All the numbers right there, super simple, just by doing this. Sign up for prize picks. All you have to do is pick a minimum of two players. They give you a line. You just have to choose whether it's going to be above that or below that in that player's production, and you can win up to 25 times your money this football season, just two or more. Not just two. You can go up to six, and those projections are what you're betting against. Is it going to be more or less? You can test it out. You can win up to 25 times your money. Put $10 in, you get 250 It's there and available. If you had Mahomes going over 300 you made some money tonight. I probably would have done that as well. What I wouldn't have had is Travis Kelsey as that questionable player going over 100 himself. I thought they would have given him a little bit less, but you could have made money that way as well. Price Picks makes it that simple just by getting those picks in against their line. 
All you have to do is go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our code locked on NFL. And that's how you get your first deposit match up to $100. Makes it super, super simple. So go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and you can get a first match up to $100. If you use our code locked on NFL, we hope that you will check that out. It's very, very fun and it's super easy to do. It takes 60 seconds or less. So check out Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, if I could make fantasy sports easy, I'd like to make other sports easy. The defense ain't doing that. Nothing's, nothing's easy for anybody who's playing this defense. And they're about to get a big boost, Matt. Next week, we'll talk about the Amenihue factor as it comes in here. But just when I think that, hey, you know, maybe this might be prime for a letdown or, you know, they're going to play Nick Bolton, even though he's been out for a couple of weeks. I thought the rotation plan at linebacker was systemically apparent in this thing. And I think it opened every single play up. I thought the defense rallied against its leaders in the middle, whether it was Drew, whether it was Nick. Certainly, I thought Willie Gay played great tonight. And I think that's kind of the core. This ability to uh, fight attrition. If you have an injury here, you have an injury there. That's kind of defining this defense as a true team defense. Chris Jones called it the best that he's played on. Do you agree? I mean, I think it's getting to be in the conversation, especially for Chris. I mean, I think you could say that, you know, Bob set some good defenses in the early part of Andy's uh, reign here back when, you know, Eric Berry was in his prime, and Tamba and Derek Johnson and all his bowlers were there and Justin Houston. Um, but now, I mean, yeah, I mean, since 2016, I think this could very well be the best defense that this team had, especially if they continue to play this well. And the one thing that they added tonight were the turnovers. That's what had been missing. They 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 created some sporadic turnovers, but they really weren't them in bunches. Tonight they got them in bunches. That helped. I mean, once again, you'd like to turn more of those into points. Um, that would have been a good thing to see. But uh, and I, I talked to to Trent McGuffey after the game about that because Trent's been really one of the best ball hawks. I mean, if it's not interception, it's just him punching the ball out, which he did again tonight on the big hit. Willie Gay gets a recovery. All those turnovers tonight were all team turnover. I mean, it wasn't just one guy making a play. It was Willie Gay deflecting a pass. And, you know, it was uh, it was Trent McDuffie punching the ball out. And, you know, so it was it was multiple players being involved in those turnovers. And that's, you know, this defense is going to feed off of that. More confidence that they get in a game like this, I think, is going to get that. Um, they really wanted the shutout. They want a shutout. I mean, I think that's the one thing missing from their resume. They want to they put up a shutout out there. Maybe they'll get it, but uh, right now, I mean, I'm continuing to see a defense that I think is actually getting better as well as it played during the first month of the season. Well, and they, they have get a this team in two weeks, too. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. They get the same team in two weeks in Denver. Uh, two really quick questions, Matt. Did, was there ever any update on what happened with Trent McDuffie at the end of the first half? And then secondly, can a Minahue return tomorrow, or does he have to wait till Monday or Tuesday to come back? I 
was looking for that and I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, my understanding is that he will be he can he can come back on on Monday. So um, won't really they will probably usually in this situation they'll do like a walkthrough on Sunday. I can't remember if I mean, he can be back for that or not. I don't believe he can. I think Monday day okay. he officially can be back on the field. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they will they're they're ex- excited to get him back for sure. And with McDuffie, um, he told us he had a swollen ankle that that swelled up during the game. He went out and got it re-taped at halftime and came back and obviously played the second half. Got me a little worried seeing him not on the field. So I was curious. Yeah, I mean, this this team is playing – this defensive side of the ball is playing so well that, you know, you you worry about taking a piece out. The linebackers, like I said – I think being interchangeable, playing a lot. I thought Leo Chanel showed even more improvement. I'm really happy with him. I think that's all locking it down. We know what the secondary is like, but there's a lot of options to choose from. Matt, you're in charge of this racket. Who gets your game ball tonight? Well, okay. Well, you put me up like that, then I have to I have to let everybody know how the sausage made. So I didn't get first <laughs> choice. So I'm taking the third pick, and we're trying to spread the love around here. Because I'll tell you what, I mean, there actually there's probably like a half dozen guys on defense that could have gotten uh, a game ball. And you certainly, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, 300 yards. I mean, we sometimes just overlook the, the low fruit. He could have been your guy. But to me, swollen ankle, um, that first half that Travis Kelsey had, that was a performance. That was a gritty, gritty performance. Um, you know, he can just continues to do it. You know, for a guy that, like you, we mentioned earlier, wasn't sure that he was going to be able to play this game. And if so, how productive would he be? Nine for nine on targets and catches, 124 yards. He absolutely ripped this team apart in the first half. And in the second half, uh, Bronco did everything that they could to try and take him away and double teamed him as best they could. And and that enabled some other guys to make some plays. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets 300 yards, lovely because Travis, Travis Kelsey enabled it. Um, either with his presence in the in the first half with actually making catchers in the second half, just drawing so much attention. Um, he's got to help. Some other guys have got to get open. But if Travis can play like this uh, on one bad wheel, I, I I would be eager to see what happens when he's back to full strength. That's a good one. And uh, since I stole your guy, I might as well put it out there next. Um, I know how you feel about your Tigers, but I'm taking my game ball is going to Nick Bolton tonight. Not just for his play, obviously, uh, a nice interception there. Uh, being able to just jump right back in in the mix, be the leader that he is, be part of this defense that has actually helped some of his teammates come along. But doing that on on a week where, hey, you know, you've been out for a while. It, it, it would be natural to be a little bit rusty. I thought his play, again, being that guy in the middle, I think is, is central to how good this defense can be. And I think what we see now is that it can be very, very, very good, even better than I thought at the beginning of the season. So kudos to Nick Bolton. I'm going to go a different direction, but I do want to say really quick, the defense obviously played phenomenal all game long. They absolutely deserved a shutout. That was a very weak call that uh, gave them a first down at the end of the game for the Broncos. Uh, but holding Russell Wilson to a QB rating of 46.6 on the night and less than 100 yards passing, uh, you got to feel really good as a defense doing that to the quarterback. Uh, but my game ball has to go to butt kicker. I, he's been phenomenal this season. And I don't know. You guys tell me, but that kick that he made from 60 looked like it could have been good from 70. <laughs> I yeah, want to he, he thought he, he told us he thought his he could make it from 68 or 69. And I, I based on that in the 65 he made every game, yeah, I think th- think 70 that direction was possible tonight. 
Yeah, and it just, I thought it was going to go to the left of the upright because it looked like it was starting to curve and then it just stayed true. Uh, but even the 52-yard field goal he put right down the middle, I mean, he's just been so good this year. It's great to see him back into his normal shape and kicking the way that we know that he can. Four field goals for Bucker tonight. Yeah, you got to give him credit, uh, especially given the season that he had last year to turn that all around. I think he's passed the injury and certainly on his prime. We'd like to know who you think should get your game ball. Put it in your comments below here on YouTube. Put it in the Spotify reviews or or the Apple podcast reviews. Anywhere you like because we are free for you every day, five days a week on every platform. What do you got? Amazon, I guess, said that it would have been good from 72. I didn't see that, but somebody in the (laughs) comments is saying it would have been good from 72. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. I hadn't seen it. I wasn't watching the Amazon uh, top view, which is really cool. Uh, go check that out if you you know watching the next Thursday night game. That's an interesting way to watch a football game. And if we had a fourth game ball, we could have given one to Sean Payton for calling a timeout that enabled Butker <laughs> to hit that 60-yarder. So. Yeah. Well, Coaches get curious. rusty, too. And you know we were all we were all thinking that it was sort of you know four chess decision you know about why was did it you know because of the wind and maybe they could force Montreal Washington to muff the ball because you know he had the one earlier that he struggled with and Peyton nope nope it was just a brain cramp he lost track of downs and thought it was third down and called timeout. Yep. Hey. Even the Mona Lisa starts to fall apart at some point, right? Okay. That's, that's what you get for eighteen million dollars a year. Sorry. Wow. Okay. Welcome to Denver, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Um, Thank you for being live with us post-game. This is Locked on Chiefs. Make sure you check out the rest of the podcast network. Maybe you want to hear the guys from the Broncos talk about it. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you do. Uh, Hit Locked on NFL today as well. There's a lot of content out there. We're going to be back for you. Don't worry. Even though this is a little bit of a longer week, we're going to have our normal schedule. We'll have you prepped and ready for next week. We'll talk to Matt. I know it's late. Thanks for hanging in with us in old Arrowhead, Matt. We appreciate your time. No problem. I mean, we're pre-midnight. This is this is this is easy peasy, guys. <laughs> we're rolling out the door before the clock hits 12. Thank you all for having a great time with us Thursday night. Enjoy your Friday. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being here. We are out. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.